in the Sefer about Mendel Kaplan from Philadelphia, it says that the one time after having learned a long thesis with the Talmudim, he said, you think that we learned the thesis? We took something out of the thesis. We got something from it. So uh, there are a lot of uh, very not simple marmakomas that were sent out. And we're hoping to try to take something out of it. That would be, be a great accomplishment. You know, the fascinating thing is that we're, while we're trying to talk about the experience of toiling in Torah, that is actually what we are actually doing while we are talking about it. So, um, I suppose we have to try to engage in it in the way that we will try to suggest we should always try to engage in it. Now, um, I want to sort of preface anything that's going to be said tonight with the uh, sort of disclaimer that um, it's, it's, in, it's hoping to lay out a um, very idealistic, a very uh, idyllic kind of an uh, attitude and mindset and heart set in the approach to learning, which um, not suggesting that we are actually on that level or that we have ever maybe even experienced it before or would feel it's readily available to ourselves. But that's okay. It's, it's worthwhile to have some kind of a picture of what our effort in learning could be all about and it's in its best form, what it would be all about. And then to proceed from there to try to get a sense of how much can we relate to this, what are the challenges that seem to um, block this uh, best form, so to speak, very powerfully. Um, I want to like, sincerely... Uh, ask you to believe that um, this is not intending to be oblivious to what for many people are very real challenges in the effort in learning sometimes or maybe all times. So it should not be considered like disrespectful to very real challenges, very valid challenges and struggles by talking about something that's of a very idyllic nature, as if to say that um, you know, this is what you should be able to do, and if you don't do this, then it's another reason why you're not good enough. But nevertheless, I think it's valid to try to get the, the sense of what it could be in the best form. Uh, and sort of as the, uh, as the backdrop or the context i like to start with something that was touched on in the recent Chabura on the topic of Emes, where we saw in the writing of Bishol Salanter how it is um, critical for a person, critically needed, to be successful in many life situations, maybe all life situations, to have a true, sincere love of truth for its own sake. 
to have such a, a personal connection to it, Bissell writes, that the person would be very deeply pained if he would discover within himself, or would even suspect that it could be happening within himself, that he is deceiving himself and confusing truth and falsehood, or as he describes it, trading truth for falsehood. It would be misbaish ba'atzmoi, like, how can I let this, how could this happen within me? So, and he says how we need that in order to find the truth in many life situations and not be distorted by very powerful forces of distortion. And the question was presented, well, how can we gain this kind of love of truth that is so needed and so valuable? And uh, in a similar way, we find in Rebbein Rebbechai in the beginning of Pashas Vayetze, where he describes Shlomo Melech's contrast of the two people, two opposing personalities of the Yashar versus the Bogate. The Yashar is the person who recognizes justice, truth, straightness, and he loves it, and he chooses it, and he will bear any burden necessary in order to bring it to fruition. And he is the person who humbles himself to the truth. It also needs to be understood. It seems to be a, an added unique quality in addition to loving it and being able to bear any burden. The humble oneself to it. And by contrast, the Bogate is the one who, of his basic nature, doesn't see what is really just and true. And even when he does, he won't admit to it and all his actions are contrary to it. That's pretty scary in the extreme not-good situation. <laughs> but the, if one, one is opposing the other, so then the extreme good is of such a nature that it is the opposite of that, and something, of course, greatly worth striving for. Um, and... Uh, that's what we're trying to explore. Is there something available to us in our daily life? Of course, there are life circumstances where we're faced with the decisions that have to do with choosing what is straight and honest and true over the opposite. And maybe as Abishol is showing us, many things that we're deciding or doing have to do with that, but they're much more subtle. So, if we had something available to us where we could directly engage in the pursuit of justice and truth, uh, that was, in a sense, available um, in a manageable way, shall we say, in a, in, a, in a clearly recognizable way, that would be very valuable, very worth pursuing. So I think if we try to get into the mindset of sort of clearing all other considerations out of the way of what the true essence in its best form of 
what learning Torah is. If we would have no other agenda, no other reason to want to do it, to have to do it, except for its own sake, what would that be? What is really learning Torah for its own sake? What is it really? So, I saw something in the Maral that um, I think helped to understand much more clearly something that maybe many of us have heard before. And if Hashem says that when a person is involved in Torah, he is actually Davik in Hashem because Hashem and his Ratzon, Hashem and his words, Hashem and his Torah are one. So the Dveikus in what Hashem has shown us to be his desire is in effect connecting ourselves to Hashem himself. I, I appreciate the uh, help over here in the identifying the Maramako. That was excellent. The Maral puts this into a, a different kind of a clarity. And he says that there are two types of truth in, uh, in existence and creation. There's one type of a truth that is something which happens to be true. But it's not absolutely true. It's not innately true. And then there's a the kind of a truth that is a truth that must be that way. That's a truth that he calls that's emes ba'atzmoi. You have to refer to Lushan. She emes be'etzem. She toras moishe. She emes be'etzem. She called vareo he muchrochem v'yefshe binyan acher. Everything of Torah must be that way, and it cannot be any other way. Now, of course, perhaps we should have realized this on our own, that whatever is in the Torah is, of course, not, um, so to speak, just chosen without uh, absoluteness. But everything is that's of Hashem must be absolutely true, because Hashem is absolute truth. But still, we wouldn't conceptualize it that way. We wouldn't define it that way. We wouldn't be able to put it into words. The morale puts it into words for us. That everything in the Torah is true of such a nature that it is mukhrach. It is absolutely true. It must be this way. And that applies to all mitzvot and all halachas of the Torah. And in another place he talks about how only the wisdom of Torah is true yosher and, and is the, the true, the greatest means of connection to Hashem. Because everything else, all other kinds of wisdom, are not absolute yosher. There's some deficiency there. He doesn't really spell it out. I don't know if we can understand it, even if he would try to spell it out. But uh, Torah is absolute yosher. So, what does that mean? That means that when we are attempting to understand something of Torah, what we are really trying to do 
And now that we learned this, we are able to realize, we're able to approach it with that kind of a mindset, that we are trying to come in contact with that which is absolute, innate, unchangeable truth. In whatever area of Torah we are learning, whether we're learning the laws of Shtaris, or the laws of Korban Pesach, or the laws of Yehorik Val Yavor, for sure, or anything of Agarito, that's in the Gemara, in Midrash Chazal. Anything of Taira is some aspect of the absolute emes, which is the word of Hashem. And of course, it's no, no wonder that it takes very, very great effort to make some contact with it. And we have to keep in mind that all we're trying to focus on right now is the effort and the value of the effort in the process. Not the actual achievement and the effect of the achievement. That's maybe for a different time. Right now we're only talking about making the effort to try to gain understanding of that which is absolute emes. So I think it's safe to say that the really great effort that's needed, as we saw in the Mashor, the Torah is so difficult to grasp. The very great effort that's needed is in effect a person's giving of himself in a very profound way for the sake of coming in contact with that which is absolute truth. So that is declaring the value of truth, of Yosher, of wanting to know what is Yosher as much as I can know what is truly Yosher. Now, of course, the end result has to be beneficial as well, and of course it is. But it's very critical to know that the effort in that direction is itself an act of true commitment of myself for that goal, for, that, for gaining that. That's what's so valuable about Torah. That is what is so precious about Torah. This is all the word of Hashem, and it is truth of absolute nature where it cannot be any other way. Isn't this, isn't this clearly, going back to what you said originally about, like, you have to work on yourself a little bit. I mean, I mean clearly just because you have, you're tapping into the gashras that is fire, it doesn't mean that you're not immediately corrupting it and turning it into your own version of the justice. Oh, okay, very good point. Very good point. Yes, it's, it's very, very worthwhile to point out that to do this process correctly, it does take a, a, a very significant measure, already, so to speak, of valuing that MS, like the Bene Bukhaya talks about, humbling oneself to MS. Because the person who would want to impose his own ideas upon the Torah would commonly find a way, be able to do it. And that would not be achieving the goal. 
and it's not an easy thing to really be able to accept that there's a lot that we don't understand. And that humility, that acceptance of the reality that I don't really have it yet is itself a very, very powerful element of practicing that value and gaining that value. And uh, I once read how Rabbi Chaim Brisker was chosen, he was still quite young and there were other very worthy candidates and he was applying for a position to be Rosh Hashiva in Velazhin. And of course he had to give a shear to show if he's uh, properly equipped. And someone asked the kasha in the middle of the shear. And Reb Chaim stopped the shear. And he conceded to the question and did not continue. So you would think um, that would uh, diminish his chances or maybe end them. On the contrary, the Talmudim said, that's the Rosh Hashiva that we want, someone that has true value for Emes. And my assumption is that what's meant by that, although it could be in a superficial nature, that he's willing to admit to the truth that he discovered and not try to give some kind of a clever answer that could have been maybe satisfactory to many or could fool many. But the mere fact that his, his reflex reaction was not to defend it with all the brilliance, which he certainly had, to be able to find an answer on the spot, but rather his reaction was to recognize the question, value the question, and want truth more than the success of his own sheer. That's what demonstrated his true love of truth, that his, his natural reaction to it was to see, oh, this, the question is better than whatever I could, even before I even try, come up with. And that's how he showed that he values truth more than his own honor or his own brilliance. So to be able to approach it in such a way is definitely not easy at all. And I guess there's no reason to stall off trying to face one of the greatest challenges that we commonly face, and you know I can attest to it <laughs> as much as anybody else, that when we're discovering that we're finding difficulties, it's very natural for us to experience it as very uh, self-injurious to our own self-esteem, or oh, well, some kind of confirmation that what we believe deep down that we really can't get it is correct. And somehow, other people, somehow, they're better than me, and they know how to get shot, and somehow, I don't know, but I just don't. And I'm not good enough. And maybe it's not for me altogether. And there could be, there could be experiences where we face significant limitations that are not of our making, that in those cases we have to be even respectful, respectful of our limitations. But we shouldn't be hasty to 
sort of surrender to that, which could happen. And it's, it's very common and very natural. In fact, I was surprised at myself one summer, trying, trying to get ready for um, preparing for the coming Zman, and um, starting to learn the, 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 what I thought would be maybe the first Indian that we'd be learning, and having a lot of problems, a lot of things not clear, and thinking to myself, well, maybe this is how it's supposed to be. Just, you know, it's only, it's only correct that there should be a lot of problems, a lot of things not clear, and it doesn't show that I don't really know how to learn properly, and I don't really know how to get shot. And I thought to myself, wow, that's amazing. I never thought like that before. I was always thinking to myself, I guess I just don't know how to get shot. I'm just not good enough. And this time, I don't know how or why, it uh, somehow was different. So, <laughs> however we can you know, get to that point, to recognize that, yes, getting shot is very difficult for everybody. <laughs> it should be. It needs to be. Tremendous work needs to be put in um, at any level. Even the greatest. Moshe is working tremendously hard. Chazanish, you named it, Rechaim Bisker. But I guess a helpful element is to know, as morale shows us, that there's steps and steps along the way. And Rechaim Velazhin says, when a person is involved in learning, is saying, Bni kacho aimer. He's saying, David bni kacho aimer. Chia bni kacho aimer. Yehuda bni, Hillel bni, Yaakov bni, Shmuel bni kacho aimer. He's saying what we are saying because that's part of the learning process. <laughs> that is part of it. The Hamakn and the Akdama to Sefer Hamakn talks about when a person is very young and his learning is like very, very raw and, and, and underdeveloped and not yet on the right track. That's part of the process to get to the Pshat. Mrs. Alma brings in the Akdama to the second Chelech Kinyan from the Beis Levi. We try many times one complicated approach, another complicated approach. Then we see it simple. We don't know why couldn't we see it right away. It's a very clear, good, simple shot right there in front of us. That is the nature of Torah. It has to come with the gear first. And there's, there's levels and levels, step by step. We are, we are aiming for, the, of course, the highest level of Yashras that we could reach. Each one of us are able to reach in any given area. We don't know how, how, what, what that is, how long it may take, how many years. It's an it's a ongoing process. Every aspect of learning helps to contribute to future learning and helps to serve as a foundation. But that's all part of the process, and it is absolutely part of the process. If it's Roy for Hashem to say it, then it is part of the process. So it is valuable. It is, it is correct. When, when, when a Prater's Talmud is listening over the first 399 times, <laughs> he didn't get it yet. From 399, didn't get it. But that's all, that's all part of the process for the 400th to finally enable him to get it, for it to register. So how he had the perseverance... 
we, 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 we can't imagine, but somehow he had the perseverance, and prayed had the perseverance to go over enough times till he got it. To not do that would be a very wrongful thing. It's, it's communicating that the Talmud isn't fit for Torah, or even for some part of Torah. That's a, that's a terrible thing. Every Jew has his share in Torah. And any given place, we don't know yet. And we, we can't say that anything in Torah we can grasp, but we can't know until we make an effort. If it's a place where it's proper, or it's reasonable to make an effort, we should make that effort and believe that it's possible and value that effort for its own true value. Chavetz Chaim writes in Shem Olam, if a person puts an effort in learning, he will find his personal share. He will discover his personal share in Torah. Will he be able to identify it? I don't know if he'll be able to identify it necessarily, but he just says simply, if he works, he will gain his share of Torah. Does that mean having all answers? No, it could be many times his share will be having left with a question. Like Kivega does all the time. There's all kinds of different expressions, who knows what they all mean. But he's stuck in many places, or at least as far as with the writing is concerned. He wrote it down in a manner that here he doesn't have an answer, and that's definitely a share in Torah. So we should understand, like hope for, recognize what we're doing. We're pursuing to understand the absolute pristine truth of Hashem. And the Chaznish shows us that it encompasses Midas Tevais. Because he writes it as a prerequisite. And he says that a person is defi- severely deficient, it will block him from understanding Torah in, in, in any part of Torah. So that means that the true nature of Torah, the, the true content of Torah, is of such a nature that it expresses and it communicates and it gives over the refinement and the delicateness and the sensitivity that is contained in the midas of a person that are needed for that. So therefore they are, by definition, somehow being communicated to a person, even imperceptibly. And, and of course, last but not least, Rabbi Salanta says that even if the person did not gain any understanding, even that mixas that the, that the morale says we could have, even in Chukim, if he didn't gain even anything, he will still be on the highest level. He will be equal to the greatest Techachim because he made his full, sincere, complete effort. So he will not be losing anything in his Madriga. But in a way that we could understand it a little bit of what we are doing. We are striving for truth. And in being able to recognize within ourselves whether we have it or not, we are definitely embracing truth in a very powerful way. But I think it's very important to keep in mind that we should be also accepting of even limitations that we may not necessarily understand. Let's say a person discovers many people that are no more intelligent than me seem to be succeeding in some area of Torah learning, and I am not. And I don't know why. 
at some point, it would be okay, absolutely, for that person to say, okay, right now, as far as I could tell, this is not the place for me to be putting my efforts. I should put it in the places where I could see more of a potential. We have to be, that, that itself is a very powerful act of honesty, of embracing truth. Why does Hashem want to be this certain way? Who knows? There was someone who came to us in Zechanariye in the early years, and uh, he had tried very hard, and he was always being told that he's, he's succeeding, but he didn't really sense it. Then he came and he saw that he really wasn't succeeding, because now we got clarity. Now he found the shear that he was able to really connect with in a way that he understood what was being said clearly. So why in a certain area or stage we're having difficulty, we can't know, but to be accepting of that and pursue a place in Torah, that Chavetz Chaim says, everyone has the chilek. Where I'm drawn to is the place where I'll be able to find my chilek. doesn't mean we should only live in that. We need a, a good a good mixture, a good breadth of knowledge of different areas. But the place I'm drawn to is the place where my personal share will be found primarily. And we should respect that and, and celebrate that and give it, give it its full opportunity to be expressed and to be accomplished. And I think that's uh, pretty good for the initial presentation. If anybody has anything to add, they're uh, welcome to do so. Um, yeah, I... example will help a little bit to, to, to define this concept of um, the absolute emiss. <laughs> I'm hoping. In Dibris Moshe and Gittin, he explains the Shita of Reb Meir, that Eidich Simakarsi, that to make a safer Christus, the Eidim must be signed on the star. And after he finishes a fairly lengthy explanation of Reb Meir's Shita, he ends off and he says, this is such Yashrus. How could anybody argue with this? He has the Kasha on Rebelezer. How could Rebelezer argue on Rebelezer? When the Pshat in how a get must be produced, which is Rebelezer Shita with Eide Chesima, seems to be such compelling Yashrus. Then he proceeds to explain the Balaz Hashita also. But the, illustrates that there could be a perception of whether it's... I, I, I'm not suggesting that we can get at the, 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 the fullness of the emes of why the Torah was geyser. But there could be something like the morale says, even of the chukim, we can understand it somewhat. And some halachas of the Torah are not totally chukim. So the, 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 the reasoning behind, the yashras behind, the structure of aspects of Torah, I, I heard about Torah, describing the Avodah of the, of the, of the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur, like with ecstasy of the beauty, of the symmetry, of the majesty, of the Avodah, the Kabbalah of the Kohen Gadol. <laughs> Something that, you know, quite far from us, but there could be places where 
we could also try to get a sense of not just that it happens to be this way, not just nigza this way, but it ought to be this way. That's the, that's the high end, that's the peak of what we'll be striving for. But, but to know that that's there, that that's what it is, also is valuable. The fact that we're trying to understand that which is of absolute MS and must be this way is also something that underlies, that undergirds the learning that we're doing, to know this is what we're involved in and how we could sense it at times a little bit. On a very high level, yes. A person who has come to love truth will want to know more and more and more of Hashem's Torah because of its beauty, because of its depth, because of its yashrus. He will have the sense of it. When Chaznish writes about a person going over and over and over and then there comes an or that the seichel must anigbalikates. You know, what is that all about? I'm not sure <laughs> what that's all about. But there's something that he's describing that just the clarity of what, what, is, what is being presented here in the Shas can be somehow recognized by a person as beyond human intellect, as beyond something that cannot be made up but must be that it must be. And if we ever make contact with it, course, we want to have it more and more. But even before that, the, the knowledge that this is Torah's true nature, and that the effort to understand it is by definition an effort to come in contact with truth of its purest absolute form, is also something that could motivate us. It's, it's a different kind of understanding, hopefully, a different kind of understanding of the of the compelling nature of the midst of a Talmud Torah, or at the very least, it contributes. It could contribute something to that. We could know that we are involved in pursuing truth, Hashem's truth, wherever it is, and that this will resonate somewhere and help to make us more a person of truth. Can I go to that last point that you just made? That shows that everything that a Talmud is going to contribute to the discussion. That's all parts. But again, that's in the search. It's not the same okay. thing. That's within the search. We know from the morale that's at any level that we reach, there's there's possibility of going further. The Torah is telling us, Telechu, You reach a level of understanding, go further, go deeper. As, as much as we can, given limitations of what else we may need to learn. But in any given area, there's no fixed limit to any human being. There's no limit limit of how far he can go, at least no, not known to us. So Torah is directing us to keep on trying to go further and further. So all aspects of that process are part of the searching for another level that we can identify as more clarity, more depth, okay. more truth. Well, let's go. Well, let me go back. Of course, the the effort in that direction needs that the end goal 
can be reached at least to some degree. And of course, the end goal is a very great value in its own right. I'm just trying to focus tonight on the value of the process of striving for that goal without trying to, you know, describe or even to try to understand fully or as much as we could the nature of that end goal and how that affects the person when we gain the understanding. The fact that we are working with our efforts towards making contact with the truth of the Torah is enhancing our value for truth, our commitment, our love for it, our desire for it, our humility to it. And then, of course, it goes without saying that the actual accomplishment of it, to the degree that that is accomplished, or, like Bishol shows us, even if it would not be, but certainly in the form that it, that it takes where it is accomplished, is in its own right going to be very powerfully impacting upon the person. He will have a different knowledge of truth. He will have a different sense of truth. He will be experiencing it directly in its, in its own true essence. Ram talks about that this is what brings a person to Avas Hashem. That's, that's, you know, that's for, I think, a different discussion. Not to minimize its importance. I want to validate what, what you're saying. That is, that of course, ultimately what we're trying to do is to m- connect ourselves in the fullest way with that MS, such that it impacts our thinking, our feeling, our neshama, our, our whole, whole sense of everything, which we may not be able to identify so readily. We're not able to pinpoint and say, yes, from this Rajba, I now see the truth in this life situation, or about myself, or about Mislul Sasharim, or you name it. But, or nor will nor, nor, nor I be able to identify from this Rajba, I now have a love, greater love for Hashem, because I saw the Emes of His Torah. That will happen maybe on rare occasions. But without any question, that striving for MS means striving to bring the MS into me, <laughs> connect myself with it, to make it part of me, to make it truly integrated. That's, that's a great endeavor in its highest form, but it is also happening to some degree at every level. Every step that I take of gaining more clarity than what I had before is a measure of MS that I have connected to brought into myself and made myself more of a person of emes, even if it's just having the kasha. Even just having the kasha clear. Having the kasha clearer. The Shiva said, it takes five years for a person to get a sense that, oh, I have a better grip on things. <laughs> That's how he sees Atzlacha. For five years in the Shiva, going through the younger Shurim, Blachir, five years in the Shiva, and now he has a sense like, have a better grip. What, 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 what can he show for his learning? What, what can he pinpoint? It's very hard to pinpoint. But sometimes you can have a sense that I have better ability to grasp something. But even in any given situation, I could see I have a better grasp. I, I realize a little bit better what I thought was somewhat problematic, but I couldn't pin it down. And now I pinned it down. 
Can I answer the question? No, Bukhlal not. But at least I'm clear on the question. That's the level of MS that I have acquired that impacts and makes me different, better, truer, wiser, holier, you name it. Closer to Hashem. What is the ultimate goal of everything? Haskel v'yadaya isi because Hashem is one who does tzakal mishpat v'chesed ba'aretz. The ultimate goal is b'zayish's halal is coming to know Hashem, coming to know mishpat, coming to, to do it and thereby to know it. So you have to learn it, do it, and then learn it more do it more, and come to understand Hashem's midah of mishpat, of yeshir. And everything in Torah is an example of it. Okay.